Welcome to the Red Letter Christians podcast. Red Letter Christians gets our name from the Bibles that highlight the words of Jesus in red. And we're aspiring to live as if Jesus meant the stuff he said. We know that the loudest, most prominent voices representing Christianity in America haven't always been the most beautiful or the most faithful voices. And we know that the way we change the narrative is by changing the narrators. We are committed to amplifying the voices of people who are dedicated to Jesus and to justice. Hey, everybody, this is Shane Claiborne, and this is a special little recording we're doing because there is something happening, and I'm not just talking about the Super Bowl, although it is the Super Bowl day and Philadelphia is playing in it, but there's something more important, I think, happening right now, and there is a revival happening at Asbury University down in Kentucky, and we're going to hear all about it from some of the students, some of the uh, friends and pastors, folks that that have been a part of this revival. Um, it's still happening. Um, so we've got on this call, some of you are watching the video, some of you are going to be tuning in to the audio uh, of this. But my understanding uh, is that on Wednesday afternoon, there was a beautiful worship service. Uh, Lena, who's on the call, was a part of the gospel choir. And this this uh, this service didn't stop. In fact, it kept going. And uh, now, as we're recording this, we're like turning over the hundredth hour of this uh, revival service happening down there. So let me get out of the way and say thank you to Asher and Lena and Lauren, who are students at Asbury, joining us. Uh, so Lena and Lauren, won't you start us out? Did I did I get the backdrop right? Is that kind of what's happening? Tell us what's going on down there in Kentucky. Well, um, yeah. So um, we usually have chapel um, just services Monday, Wednesday, Friday, um, from 10 a.m. to about like 10:50, 10:45, depending on like how long it runs um and it wasn't planned at all for gospel choir to just continue worship but usually we just do two songs um one in the beginning and then one kind of closing out chapel um but actually they told us to change it and we did both songs um and then towards the end um zach mecker mecker b uh mayor krebs mayor krebs yeah was the speaker <laughs> um and madeline black who's actually the chapel coordinator she told um ben black who's her husband director of gospel choir um, to come up with a song of response for the end. And we did Goodness of God. Mm -hmm. um, and it was me and um, George Dumaine and Sarah Cawley. Um, and I'm not highlighting these names for any glory, but just to just be specific. But um, we did Goodness of God and we didn't discuss to continue singing or anything. We just were singing into the mics and we just kept going. We left the stage um, and a couple students stayed. And literally, I don't remember time being like an issue at all we just kept singing and it just multiplied it just kept multiplying so yeah no it was it was awesome I was um I was just in the audience and um so in chapel every now and then they'll they'll do that where they invite students to stay a little after and worship and normally it goes on for one or two more songs and then it ends and we all would just go to class um but it just didn't end it was it was one of those things I remember um while Zach was speaking during chapel I just remember there was just some, his, his sermon wasn't even any sort of crazy, profound, like radical thinking type of, of sermon. It was, it was one that just very like softly spoke to my heart and, and, and convicted me of some things. 
Um, and I just remember afterwards, just like singing and listening to the gospel choir. And, um, I was like, all right, we're just going to be around here for one or two more songs. We're going to go to class. But then like, there was just like something in my soul was like, no, no, no. Like you just got to stay here. Mm. And so like, I just, I just stayed. And then I, I thought a little while later, I thought I had only been there for maybe, maybe like 20 extra minutes. It had been like three hours. Um, it just, it just started turning into something bigger and crazier. And, um, I, we just, um, Zach was, was coming in and he was, and he would, um, not interrupt worship, but he would, he would pause worship for just a second. He would speak out some, um, some scripture verses and, um, and then he gave us opportunities to pray for each other. And there was maybe like 20, 20 people in the room at that point that stayed after chapel. And we were all just, in there praying for each other and being op- like open and honest and vulnerable with each other about some, some pretty personal things going on in our lives. And I think that vulnerability and that honesty and openness with each other just really opened the door for um, healing, like radical, like spiritual healing. I just remember not wanting to leave that space and, and slowly more and more people kept coming in and people would come, come back from classes. And I don't even know how, like, I wasn't on my phone this whole time. So I don't know how, I don't know how these people heard about it. They just kept coming in and it just continued to grow into what it is now. Wow. Yeah, we're going so to hear more about it. We're going to hear some testimonials and uh, some, some more from folks down there. But uh, one of the first folks that jumped on this call today is Asher Broughton, who uh, was sharing a little bit of his story and how this impacted him. He's a, a sophomore down at Asbury University. So Asher, uh, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, tell, tell us what's, what, what's happening in your heart and around you down there, man. Oh my goodness. There is just so much happening down here at Asbury. Um, for the last five days, I have spent more hours in chapel than I have in my bed or outside of it. It has just been an incredible experience um, just to have such a sense of peace. Um, when I first walked in the room on Wednesday, um, I came a little bit later on Wednesday. I was able to get in there around 2 p.m. Um, I just felt such a peace that I had never felt before. And it's just, I was able to look out and see my peers, just see dozens and dozens of other college students just worshiping together and just have such a pure and holy form of worship. It was just, it was revivalizing in my soul and in my spirit. And over these last five days, it has, it has shown me what the strength of God truly is to see how he can move when he chooses to move, that when he wants a revival to happen in this atmosphere, that he can bring hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of people in from all over the world. Um, it is really, it really just has shown me the strength of God that last night we were blessed to have over a thousand people in the chapel. We were at max capacity. People were sitting on the floor and in the aisle and we were all just being able to sing together and just worship God and have such a just sense of peace and holiness that only the presence of Christ can bring that it has just transformed my heart. Um, I was blessed with the opportunity today to be able to go testify and minister to a church that I have never heard of before and help show them and tell them about the uh, revival that is happening. And I'm just so thankful that we serve a God that cannot be controlled and cannot be contained within the walls of chapel, that we have had students come from dozens of other universities. We have had uh, parents and people fly in and drive in multiple hours, 10, 12, 15 hours just to be a part of this. And it's just, I have just such a heart of gratitude 
at seeing how incredible God is working and just seeing the way that he is moving in so many different people's lives. So powerful. And there's folks, you know, listening, watching kind of all around the world. And I, I think it's important that, you know, we, we, th- there's a lot of people that are skipping out of chapel and avoiding chapel. <laughs> um, and yet like students are staying up all night long. There people are coming in, in the bus loads now to experience what's happening there. And it's tempting to think that there's something, um, that that's just unique about Asbury or um, you've got to go to Kentucky if you're going to find God. And yet, you know, they're, they're, God's present all the time. And we, we got to stop to see God in the sunset, to see God in the eyes of our neighbor. But there are these kind of moments where it feels like the spirit moves in a unique way. And, and there's a little history, right, of revival um, at Asbury, even in the Methodist church. I mean, some of our denominations started out of revival. So to give us a little backdrop for that, I wanted to turn to our, our brother, Clint Baldwin, who together with his wife, Sarah, uh, have really been pastoring in the midst of this current move of God down in, in Kentucky. So give us a little backdrop, bro, and tell us, uh, 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 you know, what you see happening and how this fits into sort of some of the things that God's done in the past, bro. Yeah, that's a that's a tall order, but uh, <laughs> we are thankful to be here in Wilmore at this time. It's uh, we could be anywhere. Part of that though is just going where the Lord calls you. And uh, about ten years ago, just a little under that, the Lord called us back here to Wilmore, and uh, and so we've just been here, and now this is happening. Sometimes we forget in a moment all of the history that goes into allowing a moment to happen. There have been people coming from all over the place, going to chapel, uh, most of them, some of them are skipping it, like Shay was saying, uh, but regularly, right? We have these places and these rhythms in place that then can allow for the Lord to move in above and beyond anything that we could possibly plan for, hope, imagine, and the Lord does that and grows that. And, and we're, we're just part of that by having been here, by having said yes to the Lord, a long time ago and having stayed in as part of that process. So for myself, um, in the midst of that, Asher, I, I was at a lunch in the cafeteria. Uh, I went to Asbury years and years ago, and I still go to the cafeteria. Uh, so uh, the, the food is just that good to me. Uh, food for the body as well as the soul. So, uh, you know, in the midst of that, some other folks had come in and said, you know, you know, the students are still in there and they're still worshiping the Lord. You should, you should go over and see what's happening. It's it's a sweet, sweet thing. And I did, and I got over there, and they weren't wrong. It was absolutely beautiful to see what the Lord was doing. And again, uh, harmonious. People working together, not pre-planned. This is all post-program for the earlier chapel that morning. Uh, this is just people saying, we're going to stay on and sit in the presence of the Lord and see what the Lord would have for us. And I remember as I was there, there's one song that was just like, I've got joy down deep in my soul, deep in my soul, deep in my soul. It's, it's, there were so many songs, but this was one of the things that I thought, if this is what the Lord does for us. This gifts us with the fact of this is what I want, good gifts for my children. So as Shane mentioned, in the 70s, the 1970s, Asbury had a significant major revival that people who are know about these kinds of things still talk about, how it shaped their lives, how it formed those moments in revival, how it shaped the trajectory of how they chose to live for the sake of the Lord onward from that. Of course, that's a hope 
that we would have for this. And then in the 1950s, a similar revival happened or something like that. There was this uh, person that I just saw a picture of an old professor at Asbury Seminary, Robert Coleman, came back and he had written the master plan of evangelism. But from having been at one of these early revivals in the 1950s, now in his 90s, he's, he came back and he just said, I'm thankful to be here yet once again. And, and I think that's, in a nutshell, that's a little bit of the history of times that that's happened. Of course, many good things happen in between those times. It'd be quite tragic if it didn't. But these deepening, profoundly moving times where the Spirit of the Lord does something above and beyond our planning that carries us forward into being the people of God and carries us again, as Asher mentioned, outside the walls of the chapel. The walls are great because they give you a space and a place to particularly come and worship. But if that's where it stays, well, then we've missed the boat. And uh, well, the boat's sailing and, uh, and, and we're really excited to be on the boat. And um, may the Lord, so do what the Lord, may the Lord do what the Lord wants to do with this. And may we listen mm. Hallelujah. If you're just tuning in, we're talking to friends down in Asbury at Asbury University in Kentucky, where there's been a, a real powerful movement happening where the spirit of God is touching lives and transforming lives. And we're hearing all about it. Uh, I want to bring one, one other person into the conversation here. Uh, Kyle, you're down there. You've been a youth pastor in the area. Uh, I think you were sharing as we were getting going that you were uh, out and about on campus, I think, and you saw that the lights were still on. Something's happening over here. So tell us uh, what you, how you became aware of it and what you're seeing happening down there, bro. Okay. Well, um, actually I was, so I, I was over at on campus just for a, for a meeting to, to meet with a friend, um, one of the faculty members. Um, I went up into the, into their, their coffee shop and there was nobody there. I, I thought that maybe I'd missed, missed my meeting or, or something was going on. I didn't know. And my friend showed up and, and explained to me that there's, there's a, a revival going on. And I, I thought, man, that's really weird. You guys, they planned it. It just seemed like an odd time to plan something. And he, you know, he just said, no, this is totally spontaneous. And then we finished our meeting. And then my daughter, Lauren, um, she texted me and said, Hey, you should, you should pop into this if you're still on campus. So um, I went in and immediately, as soon as I walked into the, into the room, it was, uh, you know, I, I attended, I attended Asbury uh, back in the nineties and, um, and I, I've been around, I've, I've been in chapel many, many, many multitude of times. I've seen some of the many revivals that Clint, uh, mentioned and um, uh, they've been amazing moments, but but this was this was something different. It, it was just like I don't know how to describe it, but just kind of a holy hush came over my spirit, and and it was almost just like there was no voice, but it was almost like a voice just saying, "Hey, you know, we want you to quiet yourself." And ever since then, the last three days, four days that it's gone on, I, I've been in a few different times and um, I, I've, I've had a reconciliation in my life, actually two, so to speak, um, you know, a, a small one with my daughter that was very profound with me and with, with, another, with another friend here in town. <laughs> And then, and then some of the testimonies that I've seen and, and heard, 
And what I've witnessed, you just don't manufacture Mm. that kind of vulnerability with Mm. this number of people. And you you don't, you can't manufacture that. Mm. And it's, it's an amazing thing. I have a few more things I could maybe share in a few minutes. Um, but yeah, thank, now, thanks for getting like, us going. Yeah. Yeah. And we didn't want this to feel too scripted or, I mean, we don't even have an outline. We're just trying, we're trying to move with the spirit. And I told everybody yeah. I got the arm, like the hairs on my arms are standing up. I, I, I love like the, the, the videos. I think we may have a clip of one here of uh, the, 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 um, the worship service that's happening sometimes around the clock, I think, right? Like it's just going on. Um, and uh, I, my one of my buddies, one of my closest friends is Chris Lar, who's joining us. And I wanted him to join us because he he was he went down to Asbury and he's friends with uh, some folks down there still on the ground uh, with Sarah and Clint. Um, but also like when we got to Eastern University, where we went to college back in the 1900s uh uh we we were praying for revival and we experienced some glimpses of it it always looked a little different than maybe what we had construed in our head and i don't think you can plan for a revival but you can prepare for it you can make room for it you can uh you know till the ground a little bit chris did that by uh he joined the gospel choir lena but uh, he can't sing a lick um so he was like the roadie he would like help uh groupie. set up and break the groupie yeah so but we knew something you know, we knew the spirit wanted to do something. We ended up seeing like an alternative chapel started by students. We wanted to worship God more, you know, um, we saw a fraternity turn their lives to Jesus and like they interrupted chapel and ended up, there's no fraternity there anymore. I mean, because it ended up shutting down, but yeah, well, I mean, we've seen some God, God moving some pretty incredible ways. So, yeah. So like, go ahead, man, like share a little yeah, bit so, of, uh, I mean, you know, think, like you're, you're looking in on this. I think we, yeah. we were texting each other saying, look, what's going on down at right, Asbury. Right, it's real exciting. And there's a lot of skeptics out there too. Like what's the difference between a revival and just long church? You know what I mean? Like what's, what's the difference? And I think the difference between a revival and long church is the impact it makes outside of the four walls. I mean, I think there's something that's profound that's inside, you know, but like the first revival with Wesley, there was, uh, you know, he empowered women and, and there was uh, black folks who were able to come and become preachers, you know, and then you had the second great awakening. We had Finney who invented the altar call and the altar call was literally come forth, give your life to Jesus and then go sign up for the abolition movement in the back and end racism, you know? And uh, so it was more profound than just a, a personal feeling, you know? And I think, you know, and obviously right now, you know, I'd love to hear stories of, you know, the reconciliation, the, the stories of, do you see impact happening outside, even though it's only been a few days, you know? So it's not like, like you know, massively uh, different, but uh, but I love to hear that the gospel music was at the crux of this uh, movement. And but you know, what, what are some of the stories? There are some things you're hearing outside of the four walls of Hughes, if they're happening yet. Yeah, it's a great question because you know, and I want to come right back to the students on this because you know some of. Um, some of the revival stuff, we we went chasing it, like those storm chasers, but we went to Pensacola when it was happening down there. I went up to Toronto when the Toronto revival was happening. And and there were all kinds of, you know, sometimes there's stuff that like, you're like, what? What are you talking about? There's gold, happening, gold dust chicken. dropping from the sky, you know. But I believe like the spirit moves like the spirit wants and people can be healed. But there does need to, you know, you kind of feel like there's got to be some fruit that is beyond just um 
personal supernatural experience, right? That it's it's gonna it's gonna translate into good news to the poor, into like people being set free of the things that are you know holding them hostage. So let's go back to y'all and um, hear a little bit of what you see, because it's I mean I don't want to like try to uh, overly analyze the narrative, but let's celebrate what God's doing. What are some of the things that you see happening now, and what are ways that we can be praying for and supporting you as you're in the middle of of a beautiful revival and movement of the spirit. So feel free to jump in however y'all want. Uh, Asher, I think is going to jump in first and then, uh, yeah, we'll we'll hear from Lena and uh, Lauren. Well, one of the major themes that I've really seen and really felt with this revival is the concept of mental health and the chains that have been broken in this generation uh, with mental health. Um, there has been multiple testimonies and stories uh, within Hughes these just last five days of men and women who have suffered and struggled for so long um, coming up to the altar and just confessing and just pouring themselves out and just pouring themselves out so that we as a community could pray over them and pouring themselves out so that Jesus himself could heal them. And there is one story that just is living vividly in my mind of a girl um, who tried and attempted to commit suicide two weeks before this revival happened. Uh, and she got up and she stood up and she just cried out and was just speaking on her story. And all the women in the chapel came and laid hands on her. And an hour later, she was dancing and jumping for joy with a smile on her face that I had never seen before. And I truly believe that mental health is a crisis that is such heavily is affecting this generation. But in the same way, I believe that God is moving through this revival right now, and he's moving through this generation that's been so affected by mental health so that once this revival ends, that we can go and carry this message of goodness and forgiveness and show people that the chains of suicide, the chains of depression, and the chains of anxiety can be broken in Jesus' name. Yeah, I agree with Asher. Um, It's been absolutely insane to just see um, the, the chains that are being broken off of so many people. Um, I have, I have one story that very, very specifically comes to mind. Um, it was, um, they were doing a testimonial time, like Asher was saying, and, uh, and there was, there was this girl, I'm, I'm pretty sure she was a student at Indiana Wesleyan university, um, that had come all the way down with her friends. Um, and so I was at this time, I was kind of, I was walking around, I, I, I had I had a camera and I was just taking pictures um, of just what was going on. And I was up in the balcony and I was looking down on her as she was giving out her testimony. And she was, um, she was explaining how there was a time about a year and a half ago. Um, and she shared this with the whole congregation um, that she had been raped. And then she just very briefly went into um, discussion about how that had affected her and about how that had affected um, her view on, on God and herself and others. And, and then she was just talking about how God had just like miraculously healed her of this hurt and this brokenness and in, inside of her. And, um, and then she's just started weeping. And as soon as, as soon as she was, as she was done, um, she immediately ran over to her friends and, um, no, they wait, sorry. They weren't her friends. They were, these were Asbury students. These were Asbury students that she had met while she had been here. And, and these two Asbury girls immediately just surrounded her and were jumping up and down with her and were like, just praising Jesus. And thankfully I got to take some pictures of that. Um, and in that moment, I look over at our president who was sitting nearby to where I was and he just had his head in his hands and was just so happy. And he was just, oh man, I got like a really good picture of him. Um, just I could just tell like his heart was just so touched by what had happened. Um, uh, yeah. And so just the fact that 
chains have been broken off and people are being healed and lives are being restored. Um, there's one more thing. There's also just been the theme um, for me and a bunch of my friends of abundantly more mm-hmm. um, and that he is just so faithful to give us his goodness in abundance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember after after being in chapel all day on Wednesday, I had been really filled up. Like God had just really, really met me personally in a lot of ways. And I remember Thursday coming in chapel and I was like, all right, cool. Like God, you've, you've dealt with my things. Like um, if this ended today, I would be okay because I feel, I feel good. I feel happy. And I feel like you've, you've dealt with a lot of my stuff. And, but then he was just so faithful to just abundantly give me more. And he just continued to fill me up. Um, every single day that I've been there. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And Clint, you're going to jump in here. I think you had, you felt the, the uh, spirit stirring too, huh? Yeah, sure. I'd love to. Let me just, uh, Lena, do you want to jump in before I do, or would you, do you have anything or after me is fine as well? Just wanted to give space. Yeah. Come on, Lena. I can go after you if you, if you need to say something. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. um, mm, Yeah. I think that, there's so much. I'm trying to pick out the, the things that matter the most right now. But I just want to say, like, publicly thank you to the the leadership that's that's really mm-hmm. um, been fighting for this. Um, not in any, like, glorifying way, but I can't even imagine the way that Lauren and I, Asher, other Asbertians have been serving. Um, but the ways that they're serving as well as leadership, like as adults with, that have children, that have families, like they need sleep as well. They're thinking about like their homes. And so I just want to honor them first. Um, And then secondly, I think mostly just this being like a student led revival in a way, it's beautiful how each class has a class identity. And I think each class has has played a pivotal part and role in like helping and serving in the ways that God has given them gifts. Um, And so that's just one way that I've seen um, this, this encounter with God. Um, and I'm kind of transitioning from using the word in, uh, revival to an encounter. Cause I feel like with encounters, when we encounter God, God also encounters the people that we're close to. And so I've just seen in my own life, how he's been letting me use the gifts that he's been preparing me for to use. Um, but also like using my friends as vessels to people that they don't know. And, you know, it's, it's mostly that, but just, just a heart of servantship. I think, a lot of Asbury students, this is our home. Like this is literally, like we're literally in the dorm room right yeah. now. We're in our dorms. Like this is where we live. And it's crazy how we have people coming onto our homes um, to share what we've experienced um, Wednesday. And I agree with Lauren, like after Wednesday, Tuesday, <laughs> I mean, uh, Thursday, I was like, okay, I'm going to go sleep. And mm-hmm. he was like, no, I have more for you. Mm-hmm. Like you need to say. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Powerful. Well, I will just um I will echo that as a piece for for myself as well, Lena, that um the the logistics of revival or of encounter. I love that actually. It just that there's a huge university, a major institution that has said, yes, we'll stop our other plans. We'll leave the doors open. We'll welcome whoever comes. We'll feed them. We'll give uh, food has to be bought. It's all out there right outside the chapel so that people don't have to depart. It's 24-7. There's logistics with that, leaving the doors open all night long, all day long. It's beautiful, the yes 
to God that has been said on so many levels. And, and we typically only think about a few at a time, and that's all right, but there are so many more mm. of people saying yes to the to the Lord and to the, the work of the Lord. Mm. Outside the walls, you talked about, here's one short story. I was on a call with a, a good friend from New York, in New York City, and uh, he told me the story. He said, uh, my daughter was on, uh, she does homeschool online and was on with a teacher. And they had just read the biography of John Wesley. She had just finished it and they happened to be talking about it. And uh, the teacher, unbeknownst to this young woman's connection, uh, said, oh, and by the way, Asbury had a revival back in these times. And uh, she she was on the call, but she was on mute. And so she turned and, you know, yelled uh, to her dad, dad, they're talking about your old school, right? And he's like, what, what, what you know, what's going on? And she told him, he said, well, you can, you can tell your, your professor right now, your teacher, that uh, there's another one happening right now. And, and so she did, she got on and the whole class prayed. And, and she said, dad, can we go? I need to go. 13 year old young woman. And, uh, and so that's the plan for the, this process. And then at the same time, she said, dad, are they taking prayers for people that aren't there? And, and uh, so we passed on the prayer and this was a prayer. She, it wasn't for herself. It was for her friend who does not yet know Jesus is suffering from loneliness and depression. And she said, could you pray for my friend? And that's the prayer that was passed on. That to me is encounter. That's revival that's beginning to move beyond the walls and having other people saying, I'd like to see other lives changed. Would you change it with me? I'll tell one other story. I was with a, a friend at a, at a lunch, unbeknownst to me, at the end, they passed on a check to me. And uh, I said, would you pass this on to those in leadership there at the revival? So I, I put it in my pocket and I was like, okay. And he said, yeah, I know it costs a lot of money to run this. And I just want to make sure it's supported in the way it needs to so that it can facilitate people coming and worshiping God. And I said to him, that's revival. Like mm. your life has been changed by this movement to say yes to gifting this for the sake of facilitating the ongoing work that's being done. So these are powerful pieces of stories from my own heart that I've just happened to be part of through listening to. And, and hopefully it encourages you all as well. So good. Thanks, bro. Wow. And, you know, as we're hearing all this, it's still unfolding. I mean, probably right now as we're recording this, you know, there's stories of lives being touched and uh, generous gifts and healings and all kinds of stuff. And we're going to keep praying with you and seeing how we can be a part of it in any way that we can. Uh, Kyle, I wanted you to uh, get a chance to jump in here. Kyle Bixler, who um, has, uh, you've been, you've been trying to get a pulse on all this too and participate. Tell us what you're seeing, Uh, bro. Yeah. I I feel like a, a, you know, I went in when, you know, again, when my daughter texted and just said, Oh, come in. I, I literally went in with a spectator mindset. Um, I'm going to be honest. I, I When I walk into something that somebody slapped the, the word revival on it, I immediately have a level of skepticism. Um, I just do. Um, you know, it, and, and I know um, I, I've talked to people even here in town that have been wounded um, by, by manipulative um, revivals that, that, that they, they've just been hurt by it. And gosh, you know, it's like even here sitting in the, in my bedroom about a mile and a half away, I just, I just get this 
holy sense. Um, that, you know, uh, one of the things that I've noticed is that God is dealing with people on a, on kind of a micro level, but, but if you deal with a lot of micro, like on people on an individual level, that, that it's going, it, it has to, it's going to impact the community and it's in it, it, and a, and a group of people. Um, you know, if, you know, as Asher was talking about mental health issues, as, as you know, uh, Lauren and Lena were, or Lena were talking about um, um, different, different places, uh, different people that have been, been healed. And, and I can't help but corporately together as, as we're healed, we're going to be able to go out into the world. Um, I just got a message um, yesterday from a, from a friend that he was at the seminary a couple of years ago from Moscow and couldn't figure out how he's communicating with me, but I figured it out now. But um, he said, I saw some videos online of Asbury, what's going on. And so I was able to send maybe sneak him some videos. And then I sent those videos to some friends in Ukraine. And I'm like, man, if, Russia and Ukraine gets a hold of these videos, man, there may be some boys laying some guns down and they're all going to pack it up, and go home. You know, nobody's got time for that. Um, but right now we're dealing with this on a, on a, on, you know, in a, people are coming and, 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 and weeping. I, I'm going to, I'll just end with this. Um, there's, I met a man, I was at the back of the, back of the, the chapel in the foyer last night. It was almost standing room only, even in the foyer. And, and he came out and he was furious. He was furious because um, of something that had happened. I, I'm not going to bring it up because it's not important, but something that had happened inside the chapel. And I got to talking with him and um, he just, he just started to weep and he was like, I came here for God, but this, and uh, this happened and this isn't God and this happened and this isn't God. And, and I'm like, what do you need? And he was like, man, my life is an absolute train wreck. And he started listing all the things that are going wrong in his family. And he said, I just need a touch from God. And his little son was with him. And I'm like, man, don't let what happened in there like keep you from leaving. If you leave, you're going to let that hook stay in your heart and you're just going to get bitter. Come back in and just sit, just be a spectator, just sit. And man, he stayed. I, I don't know how long he stayed, but he stayed for hours. Mm. And, uh, you know, I know even for me, just sitting there, the Lord starts dealing with you and you're not even ready for it. Mm. Amen. Thank you, brother. Yep. I've I've, uh, I've got my candle on over here. I'm going to keep it on uh, as I we continue to stand in solidarity with all y'all. Uh, we've been talking with uh, three students, Asher, Lena, and Lauren at Asbury University, and several other folks on the ground or with roots there. And uh, it's exciting to see. And I, I want to give everybody, if you if you you know, we're we're moving with the spirit here. So if there's anything on your heart, I don't want to cut it cut anybody short. Uh, I was thinking, Chris, you know, as you were sharing about the um, historically, these revivals hold together personal transformation 
and social transformation, right? Like it's not just between me and God, and it's not just about um, transforming the world, but there's a connection, right? And as Finney and as a great revivalist, uh, uh, John Wesley too, a lot of the Methodists, they were signing people up to heal the wounds of racism and slavery, to abolish uh, uh, the the injustices of the world that we live in, uh, praying that people would be peacemakers, like you said, Kyle, and lay down their weapons, that uh, making a commitment to the Prince of Peace would reorient us to how we live in a world so full of violence. But it, it does often begin with that personal encounter with God. And uh, it's hard for the church to get that equilibrium right. You know, a, a lot of times people are just talking about personal transformation and not about the the social transformation. And we, we you know, so these have to go together. We, we always say like blades of scissors, you know, that they got to hold together. So that's what I'm praying, because I think these these moves of God can also start, Clint, um, you know, they can start with, with a real genuine move of God that then gets exploited. We get our human funk into it, right? And people begin to get enamored with the the exterior things, the superficial stuff, and not the, the real, you know, spirit of God stuff. We get folks that are even in the middle of scandals or that are using the revival language to try to promote their own political agenda. So there's a lot of principalities and powers at work in all this. And we're going to be praying with y'all. We're going to be, you know, celebrating with y'all. Uh, any closing words from folks on here? Um, I think Lena wants to add something and then we'll, we'll uh, see if there's any other closing words from, from others, but thank you for carving out time, Chris because of the Super Bowl, the rest of you because of the revival, uh, to, to, to listen to the spirit together. So, uh, Lena, bring us home. Yeah, I just wanted to add to what you were saying, Shane. Um, yeah, just for like ongoing prayer. Um, obviously, leadership has just a lot of on their uh, on their plate and just pressure and not pressure that is necessary, but just natural as humans. But just pray for spiritual warfare and just that we're human. We're 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 tired. We need rest. And with rest comes surrender. Like you can't rest without surrendering, like to lay down and mm-hmm. sleep. So um, I think that's, that's a really pivotal part of this. Just like as human, we need to rest humans. We need to rest. Um, but also um, sometimes we just mess up. And I think that the enemy uses that as a way to put us against each other when revival and, and having an encounter like this, like we really just need to come together and remember that Jesus prayed for us to become one, like he's one with mm-hmm. the father. And so I think that's a really important thing. So just for me, and I think us as students would ask for this to just continue a strength um, and endurance to just make sure that we're doing the will of the father. So, yeah. 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 No, I, I agree with that. Um, And real quick, I just, I think that being a part of this revival has been so cool. Um, and I just remember after, after I think Wednesday night, I texted um, one of my best friends here on campus. Um, she had been a part of the revival. I just wasn't with her in this moment. And I was, and I texted her and I was just like, it's like the way that just nothing else matters anymore other than being in the presence of Jesus and just worshiping him for the rest of my life. And I just like, that's just something that has been like stuck in my head. It's just nothing else matters right now. Like, I mean, yes. Yeah. Obviously there are a lot of things that do matter, but like, um, like any like anger or like bitterness that I've had towards other people or like any hurts that I've had towards other people, like, um, any ways that I've been viewing other people negatively, like it just, it doesn't matter anymore. Like any, um, 
anxieties and worries that I have, like it just, it doesn't, it doesn't even matter. Um, and so just like, also just continue to pray for people that, um, just have like hurts towards other people. Cause that's something that's like, God's done a, a big work in my life of just working towards healing, um, and forgiving people that have hurt me, um, intentionally or unintentionally, because whenever you can just let go and, and surrender and forgive, then you're just set free. Hmm. That's a good word, Lauren. And I, you know, Asher, as you were talking when we were starting, I remember using the phrase radical humility and that word, you know, humility is uh, how a lot of these, these moves of God start, right? As people are able to confess things on their hearts, even things that they've done to one another and the spirit moves in the cracks of our brokenness, right? So uh, uh, we're, we're praying for that for all of us, you know, to have that humility, but Asher, you want to, you want to uh, share any last words, bro? Yeah, Shane, you just took the word straight out of my mouth with a radical humility. I was just going to say that just a continued prayer for humility is such a pivotal part of this revival that I truly believe that the revival has been built on humility, that this isn't just focused on one person. This isn't focused on one worship leader, not one pastor, not one speaker, not one student. It is focused solely and only on Jesus Christ. And I think that will be the uh, the fuel for this revival. Uh, that is the reason for the revival. And I truly believe that if we as students, we as leadership, uh, if everybody that is a part of this revival can have that humility, that we can be praying for that and that that can be our heart posture, then the spirit and Jesus can continue to do just such great things through this time. Amen, my brother. Yeah. Uh, Kyle and then Clint, we're going to come to you, bro. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, all right. Um, you know, one thing, the other thing is, is, uh, Lauren, you need to study for your midterms. That's the crazy thing is, is this whole thing's going on. Don't you guys have midterms like coming up, right? Like in next week or something. So anyway, um, I mean, that's just, that's just the, the, the timing of this is just amazing to me, but um, you know, I, I just want to say, um, you know, to people listening or watching or whatever's happening, uh, t- you know, two things is, is one, I mean, if, if you, if you had the opportunity to, if you're in the area, come, I don't know how long this is going to keep going on. I mean, this could just all stop tonight or it could start in a week. I, I just don't know with these things, but the one thing that I've known in my life is, is being in the presence of God and, and having the, 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 the spirit transform your life. Um, it just takes just wherever you're at, just submitting to God and just, and, and just saying, I need you. I am a broken mess. I need you right where I'm at. And, 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 and he'll bring revival to you. You know, we, we don't, we don't have to travel to Wilmore, Kentucky and try to fight our way into, to Hughes auditorium for a seat to experience God. Um, you know, wherever you're at, I, I just, just, just submit yourself to God. If you're in the area, come, come, come check it out. If, if you're not, don't sit and feel, oh, I'm going to miss out. I'm not going to be able to, you know, I'm missing something big. Um, because, because God is, is present and available for, for you to spend time with right now.
It's a good word, bro. You, you don't have to go to Wilmore, Kentucky for the revival. The spirit of God will bring revival uh, to you wherever you are. So I think there's probably folks listening all over the country and around the world to this. Just know that there, there's a fresh move of God. The scripture says that that uh, uh, God's doing a new thing. And and we we like to say at Red Letter Christians that God brings new life out of the compost, even the compost of Christendom, even the the junk of the church. And we know that for a lot of people, church has not been a good experience. You know, a lot of folks have been leaving uh, like institutional Christianity. There's a lot of deconstruction happening out there, but I can't help but believe that every generation, God's doing a new thing. God's bringing fresh life out of uh, the compost. God is, is uh, uh, the, the goodness of God is bigger than the embarrassing things that Christians have done in his name. And we're fully aware that the church is in need of revival, that often we've got some of the big contradictions even within our own spirits. So we're praying for that revival uh, every day. You know, I I think, Clint, as we come to you, uh, it was Bono, you know, the Irish theologian, uh, the singer of U2 as well, (laughs) that said the fact that the Bible is full of messed up people uh, liars and hustlers and womanizers and even murderers. It used, that used to disturb me, but now I find it a great source of comfort. <laughs> you know that that the spirit of God works through the cracks of everything, even the brokenness of our own lives. So none of us are beyond redemption or beyond um, the grace of God. So Clint Baldwin down there in Kentucky, bring us home, bro, and then we'll. We'll uh, keep in touch, everybody, with what's happening there, but also knowing, like Kyle said, that, uh, that God's not just moving in Wilmore, Kentucky. God's moving in hearts and in spaces all over this this globe. So, Clint, coming to you, bro. Send us out. I'm just going to echo so much of what has been said. And that that is, it shouldn't always be surprising that things don't go well in the church because it's it's made up of all of us. But what is amazing, even surprising, even miraculous, is that the Lord works through us above and beyond those pieces of brokenness and fallenness to do wonderfully redemptive and reconciliatory things. And so where the freedom of the Lord is, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And the one whom the Lord sets free, not us, is free indeed. And that that's that's harmony. That's a symphony. That's what I see happening here. And I am just so grateful. And I, I know we all are here. And we are but a small amount of echoing of that gratefulness. Just think of all the people who are could say what we're saying in gratefulness to the Lord today. That's we're we're part of a great cloud of witnesses. Not only ones who have gone before, but right here, Asher and Lena and and all of us together, right? That have been on this call. We're all part of this great cloud of witnesses, and it is the Lord's. We are the Lord's. That's what it's about. So I'm just Shane. Thank you for facility time to share the good work of the lord yeah we'll keep doing it y'all we're going to keep uh we're going to keep uh trying to to lean in everywhere that we see the spirit of god moving uh even if that's marching in the streets for racial justice if it's grieving the life of you know uh someone killed uh, by the death penalty or by the police or whatever we care about this world but we also believe that god is personal and transforming our lives so it is moments like this where we celebrate what god's doing in wilmore kentucky and um Keep in touch with Red Letter Christians, and and we're hoping to have 
uh, more conversations like this one. And I'm so grateful for these friends that have been on the Zoom machine today and uh, on YouTube and Facebook and all the other platforms. But Lena, Lauren, Asher, Kyle, Chris, Clint, and all the others down there, we're praying for you, celebrating what God's doing. And it's just beautiful, right, to see that longing for the spirit, for the spirit to move. And I think after coronavirus, longing to worship, to be together. So uh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thanks be to God. And we'll keep paying attention to what's happening down there at Asbury. Bless y'all. Thanks for listening in. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Red Letter Christians podcast. Too often, Christians have used our faith as a ticket into heaven and a license to ignore the world we live in. But at Red Letter Christians, we believe our faith is not just about going to heaven when we die, but also about bringing heaven to earth while we live. For more information on Red Letter Christians and upcoming events, additional resources, you can go to the show notes or our website, redletterchristians.org. You can also support Red Letter Christians by giving a one-time donation or becoming a monthly sustainer. Just go to our website and click the red donate button. Thank you for being a part of this conversation and for being a part of this movement.